A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. From farm to fork and everything in between, we cover it all. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Well, harvest numbers keep climbing across the state of Wisconsin. I'm Pam Yonke, and that's some of the stuff we'll be talking about for Tuesday morning. How are you doing? Weather-wise, today we should be able to get something done out there. Looks like we'll have partly sunny skies. 71 are expected high. Now, tomorrow, about a 50% chance of rain in the forecast, probably tomorrow afternoon. Wednesday's highs around 67. Thursday, possible morning showers. We'll clear it off and then see partly sunny skies. 56 are expected high on Thursday. And now we're starting to pay attention to overnight lows. I don't see any frost advisories in effect for this morning, but by the time that we get to midweek, they could reappear. More weather details coming up with Stu Muck. Whether you compete on the court, at the track, on the field, or in the fields, Winning isn't just a goal. It's a mindset shaped, honed, and defined throughout the season. That's why farmers pushing themselves to be the best plant DeKalb brand corn. Wherever you compete, winning has roots. Perform at your best with DeKalb. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. A week ago, we celebrated Farmer's Day, National World Farmer's Day. And farmers love what they do. Bob Osel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn. Unfortunately, sometimes accidents, disease, whatever, causes them to maybe not be able to farm. But Stephanie, you found someone that works with farmers that keeps them on the farm or at least does what she can to keep them in their beloved occupation. That's right, Bob. And you and I both know that farming is labor-intensive work. So losing a limb or needing a wheelchair can be a huge barrier to continuing to work on farm. But as you said, there are folks out there to help overcome those roadblocks. I'm Stephanie Hoff from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. I talked to Amy Cooper. She's a rehabilitation specialist with the Easter Seals Wisconsin Farm Program. She says the organization does job and career training for people with disabilities to build that labor force for agriculture. But the farm program specifically helps farmers return to farming after a disabling accident or illness. So Easter Seals Wisconsin Farm Program partners with UW Extension to form AgriBility. AgriBility is a nationally grant-funded program that essentially helps farmers with limitations or disabilities get the resources to continue farming. So the UW Extension side is our outreach side of things, kind of getting out there, doing trade shows, marketing the program. Easter Seals Farm Program does the direct client contact. So we're actually out on the farms, talking to the farmers about what can make their job easier, how they can maybe change things on the farm or implement some low-cost technology that could maybe help them make their job easier on the farm so they can continue farming for years and years and doing what they love. And disability looks different to everyone. Amy, give us a feel for who is seeking out this program. Yeah, so we work with people with any sort of disability, going from talking about mental health that is very prevalent, especially right now, anywhere from, you know, 
back pain to arthritis, getting old, been farming all the, all those years, wear and tear on the body, you know, knee replacements, amputations, really anything you can think of that might be a limiting factor in their work, we, we work with them. You mentioned helping get those clients new technology or equipment to help them continue farming. What does that look like? Yeah, so we're really just a resource point for that. We have other resources and people that we work with to provide funding. Unfortunately, AgriBility does not provide funding themselves, but we do work with other organizations who are able to do that. So it is possible to farm in a wheelchair? Yes, we have worked with farmers in wheelchairs. My coworker has worked with a client who is actually milking cows in a wheelchair. It's, it's pretty impressive and just heartwarming stories that you hear when you're able to go and talk to these farmers and really the perseverance that they have to work through just to be able to do what they love and farm. It's really an amazing story that they all have to share. Not only do farmers face a physical adjustment challenge, but it also sounds like an incredible mental challenge, having to adapt through such a change. Do you work with farmers on the mental battles they face as they learn to farm differently? Yes, we do have staff that are trained to work through that with them, and we also provide resources that they can also call someone else as well and kind of work through those things and just be able to have someone to talk to. That's the most important thing is farmers don't always get out and about. They are always on the farm, right? So just having a listening ear to talk sometimes is all they need. How many farmers do you usually see in a given year? So it kind of it kind of depends on the times, but I would say right now our caseload is about five around that 500 farmers. So in any given year, I would say we see about 100 to 200 farmers. Is this in Wisconsin alone? Yes, we we serve the state of Wisconsin. Okay. Agribility is a nationally funded project, so there are I believe 21 states with the with an agribility project, but they all differ a little bit. Wisconsin, I we're proud to say is the only state that has been funded the full 25 plus years that agribility has been around. So how many uh, rehabilitation specialists are there? Currently, there are four. So two are kind of the first point of contact after our outreach specialists on the extension side of things. So they kind of work through that initial, what's going on on the farm? What are you looking for? Are you looking for a farm visit? You just need to talk through something, things like that. We have two people that are rural rehab specialists that do that. And then there are two of us that go out on the farm. Amy, so tell us about your role and what it looks like for you when you head out to the farm. My colleague, Jeff, covers kind of covers that northern part of the state as that's where he's located. And I kind of cover the southern part of the state as that's where I'm located. So just looking at that travel, keeping it a little closer. And when we get to the farm, we really kind of just take it all in and look around walk around with the farmer, really just get a tour and see what they're doing on a day-to-day basis, and then hopefully be able to give them some suggestions of maybe how they could change how they're doing a task or, you know, talk about some of those low-cost technologies. Sometimes it's a really hard conversation that we have to have about, do we need to switch enterprises here? Things like that. Those conversations 
are fairly rare, but sometimes that, that may be the case. Do you ever work with folks who maybe don't own the farm but want to work on a farm after, you know, an accident or, you know, or they have a disability, an existing disability? Yes, we do work with employees of farms. We work with basically anyone who makes an income off of a farm or on a farm. Essentially, we work with them. Typically, we work with the owner-operator, but we do work with the employees as well. And also, in my role, we also started a course for high school-age students, 14 to 21 with disabilities, and it's called Exploring Job Options in Rural Wisconsin. Really just looking at all ag careers, opening the eyes to those students that there's so many options out there that you can be involved in the egg community. It may not be, you know, if your interest isn't being on a farm, there are so many other options to be in an egg-related business, you know. So, so we're also looking to bring that next generation in and hope that egg businesses can continue to strive and thrive as well. Yeah, especially right now when Wisconsin's farmers and agribusinesses are starving for labor. Amy, what other programs do you have at Easter Seals or related to the farm program? So we also have a self-employment program that we essentially, if they have ambitions to build their own business, we help make a business plan. That is one of our other things. And a lot of people, when they hear Easter Seals, Wisconsin, they think of our camps and the dogs. So we have camps that serve persons with disabilities that gives their family a respite and gives them a time to come and have fun with fellow campers and really just share that camaraderie and have a blast at camp. And I've actually been able to join some camp sessions through our Exploring Job Options in Rural Wisconsin program as well. And that has been an absolute blast to get to know those campers. And I would like to say if you're interested in learning more about any of our programs at Easter Seals, uh, feel free to check out our website, EasterSealsWisconsin.com. We also have a YouTube channel. If you go to YouTube and put in Easter Seals Wisconsin, there will be lots of videos that we've put together uh, in the past showing stories of clients that we've worked with, farm clients we've worked with, as well as showing more about our camps. I want to ask also if these programs are successful and how you measure, how do you measure success of these programs and maybe offer some anecdotal responses from employers or farmers? Our farm program is the most successful in the nation as far as numbers, as far as what we're able to do to help the farmers. We've done training before in the past for other states and other states ask questions and kind of kind of look to Wisconsin as a guide, especially if they're just starting out. You know, our camps are very successful. We've had to work through with COVID here. We've had to work through some things and cut down on numbers a little bit. And we've had waiting lists because of that. So I would say that that's saying something as far as people wanting to come back again and again. We are doing everything we can to get everyone at camp that wants to be there, but understanding that we also need to 
put those safety precautions in there and, you know, make sure that everyone is able to stay healthy and safe while they are at camp. And while we are on the farm, we also take those precautions, you know, kind of stay outside, wear a mask if that's what the farmer is comfortable with. Has the pandemic inhibited your guys' efforts at all? It hasn't on the farm side of things. On the marketing side of things, it definitely has more so just because our outreach specialist wasn't able to attend trade shows. So we had to get a little creative as far as being able to market using social media for that a little more. But now that we're, we are able to, now that trade shows are coming back and things like that, it is picking up a little more. And like I said, you know, in 2020, we couldn't host camps at all. We did a lot of research and worked with a lot of other people to figure out how we could get back to camp safely and, you know, keeping everyone healthy So we luckily were able to do that this past year. And Amy, it is National Disability Employment Awareness Month. Kind of a mouthful, but it has an important meaning. So National Disability Employment Awareness Month reflects the importance of ensuring that people with disabilities have full access to employment and community involvement. This month is basically made to do that. Obviously going hand-in-hand with what you're doing at Easter Seals, Wisconsin, and the farm program. Again, that's rehabilitation specialist Amy Cooper working to keep farmers with disabilities on the farm. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Stephanie Haw. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Seeing a little change in our activity out there. And if you're a hunter, then you need to talk to our friends at McFarland's. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee for McFarland's, 780 Carolina Street in Sark City. Also online, McFarland's.net. You know, one of the eye-opening conversations I had at McFarland's was all the choices that you have when it comes to deer plots. What works, what doesn't work, and how much is it going to cost? Supply's still an issue. Start with the experts at McFarland's, 780 Carolina Street, Sark City, McFarland's.net online. For all the people who want to make good things happen, for the experts determined to help others, for the ones who want to be a part of something bigger, there's a career for you at Unity Point Health Meritor. We're hiring people at every experience level who are motivated to improve lives by providing safe, comfortable care. What does it take to make a difference? It just takes you. Find your opportunity online at joinmeritor.com. Know how much you matter to this world. Is your biggest fear of having dermal filler in the face looking overdone? You are not alone. A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Dermal filler treatments at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie restore fullness and fill in wrinkles in areas of the face, such as the cheeks, under eyes, lips, and around the mouth. It's very difficult to look overdone with non-surgical dermal fillers due to the amount that's typically injected. Did you know that one syringe of filler equals one-fifth of a teaspoon? One fast food ketchup packet is equivalent to eight syringes. As long as your treatment is performed by a skilled medical professional, you should have the natural-looking results you desire. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. 
Connecting producers and consumers one story at a time. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Ah, uh-huh, yeah, here we go. We're talking about the Crop Progress Report coming up a little bit later this hour. Wisconsin farmers capitalizing on the dry weather we've experienced. That could be changing. Stumach Ag Meteorologist joining us live this morning. So now we have to kind of train our eye, not so much today, but into tomorrow with rain, huh? Yeah, that's going to be it. It's the big change. I wish we could put it off for a little while longer. I know everybody's making good time out in the field and and crops are finally starting to dry down. Now I have to bring that next rain chance in. We look out to the west, low pressure, northern parts of Colorado and on into southern parts of Wyoming. There is some precipitation out there in the radar this morning, a little snow in the Rockies and some rain elsewhere up into Wyoming and the like. That low we expect will travel on into Nebraska, far southern South Dakota, into southwest Minnesota by late today and into the nighttime, and then slip over toward eastern Wisconsin into the day tomorrow. As that low moves up from the southwest and pushes on into our area, I expect rain develops, most likely in the nighttime in western Wisconsin, late night, early morning hours elsewhere, then and on into, uh, or make that through the day Wednesday. Where am I at? Back up my timing. Rain develops Wednesday. I'd expect toward midday already in western Wisconsin, in the afternoon, then further on into the east, rain lasting overnight Wednesday, just into the day Thursday. All of the graphs I've seen indicated the heaviest rain from southeast Minnesota to central Wisconsin, where there could be some amounts up to an inch. I'll have more information right after this. Farmers understand return on investment. They understand the power and the value of the sun. Cameron Olson, owner of Olson Solar Energy. This is just another opportunity for them to look for that power and that value. It's a business decision. Everything that farmers do and don't do on their land and their with their property is money. <laughs> so one of the things that I heard one farmer say, it's a crop that I am yielding. <laughs> uh, instead of harvesting corn on this little section, he's harvesting sunlight to make electricity. You should reach out to us, and we will come out there for a very specialized, specific quote for you to look at your farm. We can put solar anywhere. We can put it on a barn. We can put it on the ground. We can put it on a hill. (laughs) So we can put it anywhere that makes sense to you and your farm and your situation. And then once we design that, even powering your whole farm, you can harvest enough sunlight to have a $0 energy bill. Go to OlsonSolarEnergy.com to start saving. Go green, save green with Olson Solar Energy. Well, it sounds like the radar screen's going to be green with rain activity come Wednesday. What else you got, Stu? Well, that's about it. Let's talk about how much as it gets here today. Sunny and fine, a lot of 70s, low 70s in the south and east, and could be mid-70s still to cross in Boston. South winds a bit stronger, 5 to 15, gusts around 25. We stay clear back down to around 50 or very low 50s. South winds at 5 to 10. Mostly sunny Wednesday, partly sunny skies in the west. Showers, maybe thunderstorms popping in toward later in the day. Showers first in the day, late morning, lacrosse and Boston afternoon elsewhere. Temps still in the mid and upper 60s. South winds at 5 to 15. Rain through the night lasts just into early Thursday, especially in the east. Thursday, I'd expect part, partly sunny skies with, call it, low and mid-50s for highs. Rain amounts, I think, easily some quarter to three-quarter inch amount of rain could be pushing an inch at La Crosse or Boston. Everybody else should be just a little under that as we uh, make our way on to Thursday. Frost possible Friday morning and maybe a little more likely towards Saturday morning. All right. Well, 
It'll give you something just to talk. what ta- you didn't want to hear. <laughs> I was just going to say, it gives you something to talk about for the rest of the week. That's for darn sure, huh? Uh, yeah, that's for sure. I wish I didn't have to, but it's that time. All right. Well, that's the way she goes. Stumach, Ag Meteorologist, keeping us up to speed on those weather details again. Rainfall reporters, get ready. It looks like you're going to be busy again. The Midwest Farm Report talk text line, 877-301-FARM. That's 877-301-3276. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. The landscape across the central corn belt is going through some changes. The old authorities are starting to fade, and today are being replaced by a more dedicated, harder-working, higher-performing seed corn company. One with a team of folks raised right here and ready to serve. Whoa, boy, looks like there's a new sheriff in town. Wiffles Hybrids, quite possibly the best hybrids you can buy. The Madison Police Department and Madison Area Crime Stoppers need your help with a commercial burglary investigation. On September 19th, officers responded to a burglar alarm at Tech Heroes in the 7400 block of Mineral Point Road. The glass front door had been shot out and a suspect took a small amount of cash from the store. The suspect was wearing a black hoodie pulled up over their head and black sweatpants. The suspect also had a red lanyard around their neck. A similar incident previously occurred on September 9th at a business in the 1400 block of Emil Street. If you have any information regarding either of these incidents, please contact the Madison Police Department at 255-2345. If you wish to remain anonymous, please contact Madison Area Crime Stoppers at 266-6014 or on the web at p3tips.com. Individuals contacting Crime Stoppers can receive up to $1,000 in cash rewards for tips that lead to an arrest. Our traffic laws are important safety rules designed to protect all of us. Sometimes, though, even if you do everything right, another driver may break those rules. Clifford and Rihala knows how often negligent drivers break the rules, how drunk or distracted drivers cause serious injuries and millions of dollars in other losses every year. While no one can eliminate the risk from negligent drivers, there are important steps you should take after a crash to protect yourself from additional harm. If you've been injured, you need skilled attorneys who have the knowledge and experience to help you recover all of your losses. At Clifford & Rihala, we help people who have been hurt when someone else breaks the rules. We'll be there for you to help make things right. For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Rihala, hardworking, skilled attorneys fighting for you. For justice, myjustice.com. It's been called the best in Wisconsin, meticulously maintained at 70% humidity. It's the walk-in humidor at the Tasting Room Lounge, a showcase of the finest tasting hand-rolled cigars in the area. The Tasting Room Lounge, a systematically ventilated refuge to enjoy your favorite cigar, spirit, specialty beer, or wine. Indoor or on the patio, find your spot at the Tasting Room Lounge. West Broadway, Monona. Back in grade school, we were always taught to avoid run-on sentences. That's not a problem at Wiffle's Hybrids, since we're only focused on one thing, our high-yielding corn hybrids. Oh, and handling our own seed production. 
Oh, and staying independent in U.S. farm... Well, shoot. Turns out it's easier said than done. Wiffles hybrids, one thing done right, and lots of little things done right, too. Doctor? Doctor. Tom and Tom of Tom's Auto Center. We offer routine maintenance and precise surgery for your vehicle. Plus, Valvoline professional services to protect the health of your car. Does your doctor give you a warranty? We do. More than mechanics. At Tom's Auto Center, we're more like family physicians for your car. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. Tom's Auto Center. In Wisconsin, recent crash data show that someone is injured or killed in a crash involving an inattentive driver every 46 minutes. Cell phones usually make our lives easier, but when they're misused, serious harm can result. Drivers who read and send text messages while they drive endanger all of us and can cause catastrophic injuries. At Clifford and Rihala, we help people who have been injured by distracted drivers and we know how common that negligence is. Clifford and Rihala urges you, please don't text while you drive. By making smart choices on the road, you can protect yourself and help prevent crashes. If you've been injured by a distracted driver, call us. We'll help you. For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Rihala, hardworking, skilled attorneys fighting for you. For justice, myjustice.com. Bears fans have been, to quote the notorious B.I.G., praying and praying for our downfall when it comes to being uh, the Green Bay Packers. Obviously, and R.J., the research department just tapped you on the shoulder. Uh, Paulie called in to try to talk. I think they did get the stat wrong, though. He tried to talk right. smack about Brett Favre and his ownage of the Chicago Bears and then, uh, you know, couple that in with Aaron Rodgers sure. owning the Bears. Brett Favre was what against? Four, four games as a Viking, so we'll throw those out. He was one and three. Mm-hmm. Um. So you take those out. Uh, never played him as a Jet, so no worries there. Um, Twenty-two and ten. Brett Lorenzo Favre over the Chicago Bears. Yep. Twenty-two and ten as a starter. So that's forty-two and. And Aaron Rodgers is twenty-two and five. Yeah. So your daddy. You actually have two daddies. Forty-four. <laughs> And 15. Uh, Chicago since Bears. You actually have two daddies. They go by the name of Brett Lorenzo Favre and Aaron Charles Rogers. Yeah. Who is your daddy and what does he do? Well, he plays quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. Well, Jordan Love, Roddy, let me ask you. Well, Jordan Love, I know it's hard to say, it's all conjecture. Will Jordan Love be in the next long line of daddies for the Bears coming up here? Yeah, he might not even be on the team next year. <laughs> well, does Aaron Rodgers stay for a while? That'd be nice. The more and more you hear Aaron Rodgers talk, the more and more it sounds like he's going to be a Packer next year. I get that vibe. Like he's he's loving it. He's having a good time. Yeah. Well, when but he I, but we'll see when he originally got that year chopped off his contract because he's supposed to be under contract next year mm-hmm. and the following year. Yep. It's a three year deal heading into the season. All that really did was just give him more leverage to kind of do things the way he wanted it done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now next year he would go in and enter his final year of his contract. Yep. Packers don't have to move him. And I wouldn't be surprised if they try to work out a deal. Yeah. Obviously, Brian Gutekunst has kind of uh, 
kind of reached out a little bit. He went and got Randall Cobb. He went and listened to him on a few things. They laugh at practice together. Yeah, I've they, seen the pictures. They talked <laughs> yeah. at practice. Both like have buddies. said that the relationship is in a better spot than where it was. Yeah. And obviously the rumors that came out, Gutekunst in that front office were already trying to talk about extensions with Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would I be surprised if they uh, signed signed him? No. No. Would I be surprised if he did want to leave and ends up walking after like a meltdown at the end of the season? No. No. Oh. <laughs> Our guy, Pauly, Pauly proclaims he is not triggered, but uh, not triggered. on Twitch he says, Why, what did all of those wins get you guys aside from bragging rights? Well, Pauly, um, bragging rights. When the Packers beat the Chicago Bears, it helped their win total get to the playoffs and win then the Super Bowl with Brett Favre. So yep. some of those wins got us a Super Bowl. And then Aaron Rodgers. Two Super Bowls. Aaron Rodgers, not only some wins in the regular season, but also I do recall a win for Rodgers. It was an NFC championship game. I do believe it was at Soldier Field. And Rodgers, more specifically the defense and B.J. Raji, mushroom-stamped the Chicago Bears at Soldier Field for an NFC championship game. And what it got us was a trip to the Super Bowl, and then we went on to win and beat the well, Pittsburgh Steelers. I think another thing to say so with that's what those couple wins got Jordan us. Love and Aaron Rodgers is the fact that Technically, Brian Gutekunst doesn't have to do anything about Jordan Love until after the 2024 season. He was a first-round pick. That means they have the fifth-year option if they want to use it. He technically doesn't have to make a decision between Aaron Rodgers or Jordan Love Mm -hmm. until 2025. Yeah. Because that's when Jordan Love's contract ends. Now I know <laughs> now I know that Aaron Rodgers' contract ends at the end of 2022, but what if all of a sudden he signs a you know a, a two or three year deal. Right. And that runs right up to the end of Jordan Love's contract. Would he allow that to be a team friendly deal though? <laughs> Couldn't tell you. Yeah. Couldn't tell but you. I mean if you think about it, he signs a two, three year extension at the end of this year, and that would run you right up to Aaron Rodgers' contract and Jordan Love's rookie deal running out. Then he could say, Well, we like what we see. We're gonna sign him to an extension. Now do I think that happens? Probably not, but in theory, he's got the ability to do it. He does. Uh, we'll come back. We're going to do News of the Weird. News of the Weird actually going to stem from Saturday and what happened uh, to the Zone Blitz pregame bash, our highly successful show out there between Wisconsin and Army leading up. But first, before we go to break. Hang on to your tractors. Here's another update. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Mostly sunny skies on the way for our Tuesday. Daytime highs today around 71. Tomorrow, rain in the forecast, 67 are high. Thursday, maybe some morning showers, 56 is where we'll top out. I'm Pam Yankee. Now, from the Alcivia Farm News Desk, here's what's happening on a Tuesday. So today, the 19th day of October. And I'll tell you one notable item that a lot of folks that own livestock will recognize Streptomycin discovered on this day in 1943. They considered it a miracle antibiotic at the time because it fought tuberculosis in the mid-20th century. It was discovered for the first time by a graduate student at Rutgers University. The unfortunate part was his professor took all the credit. Later on, that graduate student sued to receive a portion of the profits and notoriety as well. But in the end... The professor is the one that was recognized for the Nobel Prize for streptomycin discovered on this day in 1943. Also, 
Got to remind you that on this day in 1988, the U.S. Senate passed bills curbing ads during children's TV shows. Do you notice it today? Dances with Wolves premiered on this day back in 1990. And Halloween, the reboot of the horror classic, debuted on this day in 2018. Jamie Lee Curtis back in the lead with a record $77 million take. That is the biggest debut any film ever had with a female lead over 55 years of age. So there you go. All kinds of conversation starters for you today. Well, the conversation that we've been having is how far along are Wisconsin farmers with the harvest? The Wisconsin Ag Statistical Service says as of Sunday across the state, we had 32% of our corn already harvested for grain. Four days ahead of last year, nine days ahead of of our five-year average. 97% of the corn silage is off. The moisture content in that corn, about 20% right now. The condition of the crop rated 68% good to excellent by Wisconsin farmers. The soybean harvest moving along as well, 59% completed as of Sunday. That's three days behind last year, but six days ahead of our five-year average. Potatoes, 93% of that crop has now been harvested, basically tied with last year. And 35% of our fall tillage has been completed. Now, not all crops are excited about what they're seeing this year. Our Wisconsin apple growers are kind of wrapping up their season, if not already completed. Rick Connell from Connell's Family Orchard up in Chippewa Falls has had a difficult year. And he said it started earlier this spring with a surprise frost. We did have a really hard freeze in May. We were pretty scared at the time. We thought we lost everything. The lower areas, we did lose everything. Some of the trees, you know, from your chest down or even your head down, there won't be any apples on the tree. You know, but from there up, there'd be apples on the tree. Our land is real hilly, so the lower areas froze out. You know, but the higher ground, we have a full crop up on the higher ground. So we figure we lost about 40% of our crop, which is bad, but it's also really good because we thought we had a total loss in May. Rick Connell from Connell's Family Orchard in Chippewa Falls. Like you said, a challenging spring has led to maybe a little thinner crop form this fall. Now remember, you can find a local apple orchard near you. Now they may be pivoting a little bit from the picking in the orchard to maybe more family-related activities. But all of our Wisconsin apple growers are online. Go to waga.org, Wisconsin Apple Growers. Org and find some orchard activity near you. Whether you compete on the court, at the track, on the field, or in the fields, winning isn't just a goal. It's a mindset shaped, honed, and defined throughout the season. That's why farmers pushing themselves to be the best plant DeKalb brand corn. Wherever you compete, winning has roots. Perform at your best with DeKalb. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. Farmers understand return on investment. They understand the power and the value of the sun. Cameron Olson, owner of Olson Solar Energy. This is just another opportunity for them to look for that power and that value. It's a business decision. Everything that farmers do and don't do on their land and their with their property is money. <laughs> so one of the things that I heard one farmer say, it's a crop that I am yielding. <laughs> Uh, Instead of harvesting corn on this little section, he's harvesting sunlight to make electricity. 
you should reach out to us and we will come out there for a very specialized specific quote for you to look at your farm we can put solar anywhere we can put it on a barn we can put it on the ground we can put it on a hill (laughs) so we can put it anywhere that makes sense to you and your farm and your situation and then once we design that even powering your whole farm, you can harvest enough sunlight to have a $0 energy bill. Go to OlsonSolarEnergy.com to start saving. Go green, save green with Olson Solar Energy. We're talking with our friend John Heinberg, market advisor with Total Farm Marketing. In just a moment, he'll give us a quick rundown on some of the headlines traders are watching. Markets are pretty firm in overnight trade. Dow Jones Industrial Average is up about 60 points right now. December corn's unchanged. Currently, 532 and three quarters. November soybeans are up six and a quarter, 1227 and three quarters. December wheat's up a nickel right now, 741 and a quarter, with July new crop wheat up four at 744 a bushel. Dairy markets yesterday, barrel cheese dropped a penny and a quarter to 177 and three quarters. 40 pound black cheese was down three at 175. Double A butter, though, that went up two and a half cents on Monday to $1.80 per pound. The November Class 3 milk is down four cents right now, currently at 1912 a hundredweight. December milk is down two at 1878 a hundredweight. A lot of our Wisconsin farmers are preparing for old man winter, trying to get the barn sealed up, trying to make sure they've got enough livestock feed on hand to tide them over until next spring. How does a zoo prepare for a Wisconsin winter? I mean, stop and think about it. You've got uh, a plethora of animals that didn't come from Wisconsin and may not be accustomed to our winter elements. Well, guess what? Stephanie Hoff and Aaron Zimmerman made a trip to the Henry Vilas Zoo in Madison last week to find out a little bit more about preparations happening now to prepare a zoo for winter. Aaron? I'm here with Gary Hartledge, the lead keeper here at the Henry Vilas Zoo. Now, Gary, tell us a little bit about, you know, all the different species that you have here around the zoo. I'm sure some of them kind of like the Wisconsin winter weather and some of them probably don't respond quite as well. Yeah, there's some like our bison and our polar bears just absolutely love the wintertime and they are the popular uh, attractions during then. There's others like our giraffes and our uh, capybara over here. They don't really like the cold so much, so they're going to want to spend their time in. Sure, definitely. Now, let's talk a little bit about, obviously, you have your outside exhibits and the indoor buildings. You know, what does it take as far as the buildings? Are are they climate controlled? Can you kind of manage those things? Is it different per building? What does that look like, you know, when it comes to winter? Yeah, just like uh, your house, like we can control the temperatures for different times of the year. Uh, All the buildings have air conditioning and a furnace in it, so we can keep them comfortably. One thing, uh, we don't need to keep some animals as warm as others, so if we can keep the building around 50 or 55 degrees, that's perfect for them. Others are more tropical animals. We want to keep it around 70, 75 or so. So depending on the species, uh, we can keep them um, at their preferred temperatures year round. Sure. Now, when you have these animals, you know, obviously probably indoors a little more during the winter. Do some of them get to go outside, enjoy going outside? And, you know, if they're kept inside, do you have to do more interactions, those kind of things with them to keep them from, I guess, getting bored? Yeah, uh, we pride enrichment regardless of the time of year. Um, but in the winter time, we do spend a little bit more time with them since they don't get out uh, as much and move around as much. We do offer them more enrichment during that time, but also the time that we get to spend with them, uh, it's enriching not only for them, but it's also for us. A lot of people think it's really cool that we get to work with all these animals, but our amount of time actually spent with them is very low. So if we can get an extra minute or two with our animals interacting with them, 
like that's what we treasure most and that's you know keeps us going and stuff like that definitely now when it comes to feeding these animals through the winter i know obviously you have a lot of different species you got a lot of different diets but when it comes to winter what does it take for the zoo animals do you kind of have to stock up on some of that stuff ahead of time how does that all work yeah, uh, right now, uh, today actually, we had a hay delivery and straw delivery, so we're trying to bulk up in our areas to get the stuff in before winter time, so we have enough. Uh, a lot of our other stuff, like our produce and our meat and our fish, we can get that throughout the year, no problem. So we do plan ahead, but a lot of our stuff that we can actually get throughout the year, but what we can't, we will be stocking up. Well, we're out here with Gary Hartledge, the lead keeper here at the Henry Violet Zoo, learning about what it takes to care for all of these different animals through the winter. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Aaron Zimmerman. There you go. You thought it was tough to try to keep your herd of dairy cows fed. Just stop and think about the diversity of the menu at the zoo. Thanks, Aaron. Coming up in just a moment, we're catching up with our man, John Heinberg, market advisor, Total Farm Marketing, out of West Bend to find out what the traders are talking about. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Looking for that unique, one-of-a-kind engagement ring, something that you can customize yourself, maybe a gorgeous pendant necklace, diamond earrings. The place to go, Goodman's Jewelers. They're an icon in Madison. They've been around forever and right on State Street in their same location, a couple blocks from the state capitol. They're the place to go to when it comes to buying jewelry. Goodman's Jewelers has everything from the more traditional style jewelry for your engagement rings, pendants, necklaces, earrings, to the more modern styles as well. They can customize and create anything for you. Unique, funky diamonds, one-of-a-kind pieces, stuff you won't find anywhere else, and price range for everyone. When you step into Goodman's Jewelers, you'll feel the warmth and you'll feel welcome. They'll treat you just like family. You want to go somewhere where you can trust when you're buying jewelry for that special someone? Then remember my friends and family at Goodman's Jewelers. Right there, a couple blocks from the state capitol on State Street. Goodman's Jewelers. How is it that we can have smokers lines without ever smoking? A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Smokers or lip lines can occur not only because of smoking, but other factors, such as talking, drinking from a straw, genetics, and age related fat loss. The most simple and effective treatment for this problem is a combination of dermal fillers such as Juvederm, which can smooth and fill those fine lines as well as hydrate the lips. Also, a neuromodulator such as Botox can be used in small amounts to relax those pursing muscles. At Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie, this treatment results in a natural, more youthful appearance of the mouth and often lasts a year or longer. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. You can hear her clearly, even in a barn full of cows. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Ah, uh, yeah, and it is a Tuesday. I hope you look forward to it as much as I do, because that means we're going to be talking with our friend John Heinberg, market advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. He's joining us live this morning. I tell you what, a lot of folks keeping an eye on what's happening as far as the weather. John, uh, harvest is moving pretty well here in the state of Wisconsin and elsewhere. Uh, tell me what you saw in this week's crop progress report. Then we'll take a look back at the World Ag Supply Demand Report from last week. 
Sure, it sounds good. Last, you know, pro crop progress came out. Corn harvest fifty-two percent complete. Soybeans at sixty percent. Now, obviously, we saw quite a bit of moisture, especially in the eastern corn belt, and that's kind of be the the lagging point. Actually, I talked to an Ohio customer. He picked up over two and a half inches of rain on the weekend, and he's going to be out for a few days here, hoping things can dry down so he can get back at it. You know, soybean harvest at six percent sounds like it's cruising, but we were at seventy-three percent last year. Uh, just again showing how much that market wanted. The those beans and the premium that was out there and the, and the, the, the pace that the farmers went after those beans last year. So, but things are moving along nicely. Weather's looking like it's staying friendly uh, overall. And, and, you know, just talking to guys yesterday, they were pedal to the metal here, getting things done. And, uh, and it's really been wa interesting watching the market still hold some pretty good premium, even despite, pay, you know, the harvest pace picking up here, just kind of shows you maybe where we are in the supply side of the, in the, the situation right here in the front end as that cash market's really trying to pull both both corn and beans uh, to the elevator. Yeah, I noticed that too. Now let's go back because it does tie in a little bit with the World Ag Supply Demand Report last week. Uh, it was a little bit more bearish than I think some might have expected, but it seemed like the market shook it off pretty fast. Yeah, it did. And, and realistically, the bear side of it came out on the beans and with that jump in the in the yield up to 51 and a half and then carry over now at 320 million bushels. I mean, you got to think where we were at the start of September to now where now we've picked up a, you know, a significant amount, basically doubling our carry out projections. And the prices have held in there pretty well. I mean, global demand is still going to be there. Uh, you know, we saw beans go tap the $12 level and break down to, you know, back to the March low 1184. And now we've kind of found some footing here so maybe the fall low is in i'm always a little cautious saying that because of the way the market's working on the harvest side but as soon as we got back down into those price levels we've seen the export demand pick back up so that was encouraging so that builds some floor in plus we're really keeping an eye on the soybean oil market and the edible oil market globally and that's just been strengthened of the beans all through this time frame and there's just continued new headlines out there that keep that market supported and that's helping out the beans corn on the same side you know 1.5 billion bushels of total carryover, small yield adjustment higher. Wasn't surprised by that. You know, and the market's handling that well. And realistically, given that supply and given where we could be on the global demand, you know, we're probably pretty fairly priced and, you know, got a chance here to work a little bit higher again as that cash market's looking for bushels. You know, one thing that people have been watching is how is world demand for, you know, our beans, our corn from matter, but beans, you know, we, we seem like we're losing momentum on beans. Some folks say it's because we can't ship. What is your observation, John? Well, we lost some momentum, especially in the shipping pace with Hurricane Ida. I mean, basically knocking out the month of September with the issues in the Gulf and, and locking down some of those export hubs with, the, you know, obviously the issues that they had to deal with there in terms of electricity and just structural damage. But we're picking the pace back up again. Actually, yesterday we got export inspections numbers for the previous week. 84 million bushels was a nice number, way above expectations. We're still not to the pace that we need to be yet when you start thinking about last year's demand. So that's still a little bit of an overhang on the soybean market probably keeps prices a little bit littered here for a while but it's good to see that we're moving some beans out of different ports we saw some beans come out of houston we're seeing the pacific northwest start to pick back up you know and again beans are being supported because we do hear you know uh, the rumor yesterday was china was in the market picking up beans again for january february delivery out of the pacific northwest but on the flip side because of those golf issues we also saw a couple sh extra sales go to brazil for october november delivery so that is still one of the overhangs that may keep bean prices still pretty much in check here, again, around this $12, $12.25, $12.50 window. 
Not seeing any issues as far as quality, though. And and now, as I said, keeping an eye on the numbers, when are we going to get the next export report that could really, again, be a telltale sign on whether we're getting cancellations or sales? We'll see sales report on Thursday again, as always. And actually, you know, they were very active in the market last week. When I say they, the Chinese and, and you know, when the sales unknown destinations typically are tied to China as well. You know, we'll see if we get those announcements off the rumors this morning. It was kind of quiet yesterday. And I think that disappointed the market a little bit because, you know, we need to see and the old story is you need to you need news to feed the bull. And we didn't have any yesterday. So the market was just kind of quiet overall. Yep. So we'll see how that plays out. Yeah, the news out of China is not necessarily all good either, though, John. I'm hearing about all their uh, uh, power outages and uh, uncertainty on growth in the economy. I mean, there's a bigger picture. There's a bigger story there than just shipping beans. It is, and it's a concern to me, and it's one of the reasons why I've been talking with a lot of producers. you got great price value in front of you here. You're going even into next year. Make sure you're taking you know, the precautions you need to to protect price. I know some of the input costs are extremely high uh, in terms of a historical window, and maybe this is not even profitable levels when you start penciling some of those numbers out. But you know, there's a lot of little things moving around in the world, the, the Chinese issues, what's obviously going on here in terms of the money flow and, and how things are acting that you know, it just feels like one of these days we got the black swan event in front of us and this market wants to take a tumble and, and one of those lovely risk-off type trades for a few days. So it's it's something to keep an eye on. And obviously, you know, when you got value, you got to find a way to protect that value and then go from there because you're always long the bushels. And that's the biggest thing producers need to understand. But, you, you know, that you can protect the floor, keep that top side open, and that's going to be where your bushels come into play. Yeah, exactly. How uh, anything that could happen in the next uh, week that could really upset or really re re uh, jig this market. You know, to me, it'd be, if it's going to happen anywhere, it's going to happen in the outside markets. I mean, we saw the volatility in the stock market last week off the inflation data, as well as, you know, just how the dollar is working. You know, that's going to be the area, you know, the stock market's highly evaluated again. And then we see that thing would decide to roll over and just pull back again, that risk off trade could kick in mm-hmm. and that would just send shutters across all the <laughs> markets. Crude oil also is kind of a little toppy yeah. right now, too. We don't be shocked. We see some pullback there just because of, you know, the yeah. money has really been pushing it. Hey, we will see. All right, John, appreciate it. Great job. John Heinberg joining us live this morning. Market advisor, Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. Their website, totalfarmmarketing.com. Call them toll free, 800-334-9779. Have a good week, John. Thanks. Have a great week. All right, folks. And that is your Tuesday. This is